Uh, yeah, it's it's the natural um, cycle of some of these viruses is that if they want to survive, they have to change. So our immune system doesn't recognize them. So we're we're seeing the the fruits of evolution um, and evolutionary pressure on these viruses. But I, I actually did check this morning. Whenever I know I'm meeting with you, I want to make sure that I'm providing exactly the right information. And there are 806 variants listed. <laughs> That's a lot of variants. And you and I have talked about the common cold is a, is a coronavirus that's been around forever. Yes. Take us down this road. I mean, is this a coronavirus that is basically going to be with us? I don't want to say forever, but for a long, long time. Could we see that down the road with this? Oh, I think it's going to be a virus of our species. That's that definitely going to be the case, as other common colds are. I think we're going to see, and maybe you've even seen it yourself, where, you know, um, if you're vaccinated, if you're boosted, if you don't have any of the comorbidities, you might have a really bad cold. And you're like, oh, should I go get this check? Should I take a lateral flow test? And you do. And then, yeah, you have coronavirus. So it's we've, we've kind of sped up that adaptation where it just becomes kind of like a circulating, respiratory, seasonal virus like the common cold was. We've, we've kind of sped that up with vaccines and boosters, where it's, you know, historically that would have taken, you know, a couple of hundred years of anyone who was susceptible to it dying, unfortunately. So we, we've bypassed that and maybe gotten to the point where we are looking at a circulating common cold. These new variants are similar enough that the vaccine seems to give protection. And what people are looking for is something called, um, it's, uh, it's, it's called, oh, I've forgotten the name of it, but basically it's a, um, you, you, you are so good at protecting yourself from the virus. Oh, it's called a sterilizing protection. That's what I was trying to think of the word, is you're so good at making antibodies against the virus that the virus cannot get in. No matter how big a dose you get, you have this wall of antibodies um, that as soon as the virus comes in, it gets coated, and then it can't stick to your cells. And it's very, very difficult to get sterilizing immunity. You may get it if you've been vaccinated against measles. You'll never know. You'll have no signs or symptoms of measles. But with uh, coronavirus, with the, the SARS viruses, there's going to be a certain amount that gets in. The better your immunity the less severe that is. So you may never know you've had it. You may have a head cold. You may have a really sore throat. But the vaccine protects you from that virus going very deep, going into your lungs, the virus getting into your blood and causing all the uh, the damage that COVID does. So it's going to become this circulating virus. And eventually it gets to the point where it either doesn't change enough that we don't need boosters or maybe we have to have boosters or maybe we've all been infected with it so many times that it just becomes a really mild cold. With us is Dr. Hazel Barton, again, University of Akron Professor, Director of Integrated Bioscience Program. That's what I wanted to expand into right now was the vaccine. People still need to get vaccinated. They still need to get boosted. How is the vaccine working now, all these variants deep into this COVID-19? It still seems like by far this is the way to go to protect yourself. Yeah, absolutely. It, there's very, very clear evidence that if you get the vaccine, you're not going to, you're not going to, you're very, very unlikely to end up in the hospital on a ventilator. 
um, that people or some people are saying, well, I, I have a natural immunity. Uh, I had the coronavirus two years ago, and therefore I don't need the vaccine. We, we don't know where you are. Everybody's immune response is going to be personally def- uh, different. So if you can get boosted, um, even if you've had a natural infection, that's really an important thing to do. But there's very clear evidence. I think it reduces the likelihood of you ending up in intensive care by something like 99.86% or some you know, really remarkable number at, at how effective this is. But the thing people need to not just think about is the idea of being in intensive care and death. I mean, we're all hearing about the long-term consequences of long covid and the more time we get away from that initial um, uh, pandemic outbreak in early 2020, the more we're seeing people suffering in the long term, where this, this virus can actually cause neurological damage, where people, you know, there are people that cannot go back to work because of brain damage, and you would never associate brain damage with like a, a bad cold or a respiratory cold. And there does seem to be a lot of evidence that vaccines prevent long COVID as well. So this is kind of a a really nasty double-edged sword with this virus is that one, it hits you really hard with this infection that, you know, makes it hard to breathe, damages your blood. Um, And then if you recover from that, you can end up with these long COVID symptoms. It's something like one in 14 people who recover from COVID um, without vaccination end up with long COVID. Mm. With us is Dr. Hazel Barton, University of Akron. Hazel, let me ask you this. What are you seeing, seeing, I should say, in regards to still the potency against COVID-19? And take us into the lab a little bit. The longer this thing is around, do these viruses morph where they kind of dodge the vaccine? Are we anywhere near that at all? Or is that something to be leery of on down the road? I think it's important to be leery of it down the road. I don't think there's any concern at the moment. The biggest shift we saw was from Delta to Omicron, and there were a lot of changes. I think there were 35 or 36 changes on the surface of the virus that made it look different to the immune system and that vaccine. And the vaccine was still able to help. As I said, you didn't get that sterilizing immunity, but you still got enough protection that you weren't going to get a very severe disease. We we can monitor these things much like influenza with the flu. We you can look at what's circulating with the flu and kind of guess what the next year is going to look like and then generate a flu vaccine in advance. And that vaccine we all get before flu season starts. And sometimes it's great. Sometimes it can be, you know, 80% protective. And a few years ago, I think it was terrible. It was like 46% protective, but it's still some level of protection it is possible that we can look into the crystal ball and look at how this virus is changing all over the world and predict what variants could be emerging and create vaccines against those, those um, forms in advance. So we're not, we're not going to see a repeat of where we were in you know, March 2020, where we're completely naive and you know, it, it kind of blindsides us. We can respond quickly. I think when Omicron started and the Omicron wave started, the drug manufacturers started, the vaccine manufacturers started that day on the new variant and said they could deliver it in three months if necessary. So we can change. We don't know enough about the virus yet. We don't know what it, how it can change. We can look at that in the lab and actually predict whether we need boosters or where we can 
have people rely on their, their current vaccination. I would say if you're over 50 or if you have any underlying health issues and you can get that second booster, go, go ahead and get that. Hazel, let me ask you this. The world is a small place here in 2022. You concerned at all about some of the underprivileged countries not getting the amount of vaccine maybe that they need where a big case could hit one of those countries and then this thing really explode again? Are there any concerns there from you? I'm very concerned about a new variant coming out of it, yes. The last thing we need is for this virus to maybe recombine with a coronavirus that comes out of a, a ferret or a dog or something like that. So I, I'm concerned about that. We'll never quite be as underprepared as we were in March 2020 or April 2020. We'll never quite be at that point again with coronaviruses. I think a bigger concern is the other viruses that are out there. And we do know of other viruses. We, we were completely on This was, you know, a new SARS virus was completely out of left field for for what microbiologists think about. But there are other viruses out there. And, you know, we the way that we're moving in on habitats and exposing ourselves to animals carrying viruses that we've never seen before, I think, uh, you know, there's, we can never let the genie out of the box with coronavirus or SARS-CoV-2, but we're kind of prepared. It's another Pandora's box that I think is more concerning to me.